All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Scumtown. I am here, your host, Scumbag Vinny. Uh, today we have a special episode for you guys. There has been a lot of things going on in the past few weeks that maybe we've talked about. Uh, I smoke a lot of weed. Not 100% sure if we've talked about it completely. I'm going to touch on a few things. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, guys, I actually had the privilege of having a friend sponsor the podcast by paying Bam Margera for a cameo uh, where he basically promoted the, the Scumtown podcast. I know for a fact that Bam heard episode two of Scumtown because he cussed me out afterwards and uh, pretty much vowed that he would sue me until I lived under a bridge. But basically what ended up happening after this is, you know, I know that Bam would always appreciate a good prank. I just didn't really know how to prank Bam. People have done crazy things to him. He's done million-dollar movies about pranks. How do you prank a guy like that? But I knew that Bam wasn't really tech-savvy and he's kind of stupid. So I just knew that uh, doing a prank that had to do with how he's making money right now uh, would 100% work. I know that he doesn't even like really process what he's saying with cameos. Um, I know that, you know, if you guys don't know what the cameo app is, you could pay a celebrity for like a 10 or 15 second video and they'll say what you write in the video. So sometimes I know he's so stupid. He's just reading it. Um, I'm being a little bit rude. We do have a guest here today, a comedian friend of mine. His name's Kevin Doty. Kevin, what's good, brother? What's up? Kevin's going to be chilling here with us for this episode and we're going to talk about a lot of different things. I ended up getting text messages from Bam Margera that were basically, you know, along the lines of what we it was like when we were friendly with each other. You know, a lot of like, you're a fag, you know what I mean? Uh, after I did this, you know, ha ha ha, I want to work with you, I want to do shows with you. And normally in the past, you know, when I hear that Bam wants to do shows with me, I'm all for it because even doing a couple of them sets me up a little bit financially for a few months, you know, uh, we only ended up doing five shows together and he canceled a bunch. And now that he's canceled so much, I just don't really want to work with him like that. I want him to come on the radio show and he agreed to do it. But Kevin, the weird thing about working with celebrities is there are people around them and I'm not going to point any specific fingers, but it is people very close to him. You know, his wife, his friends on Jackass, like Steve-O and other friends that hang out with him and skaters around him. And if people don't want to see him working with me, they'll flat out, like, take his phone and just block me from him. Mm -hmm. You know, so he hit me up on obviously trying to make good for last year. I did tell him, like, dude, we burned a lot of venues by not showing up. And we booked, like, 15 shows that he didn't show up to in 2019. So, and he's like, is that bad? Could we make it better? And yeah, sure, you're the celebrity that you can make it up to all those places. But are you clean enough to do that? And are you committed enough to do that? You know, um, you're a skater. Yeah. You know, you're a BAM yeah. fan for a long time. Yeah, man. Did, did you ever really think that, you know, someone could gain the level mm -hmm. of celebrity where anything they do has to be run by other people around them? Like, is that something that you thought existed? Yeah, I think I knew it existed. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. I mean, with someone like Bam, I don't really... 
I mean, we talk about him a lot on the podcast because it was such a crazy year and it defined like who I am on the internet as a person because I wasn't really super well known at all. And all these people now know about me for negative reasons because of this guy, you know what I mean? But uh, I was hoping like, yeah, he'd get on the podcast. So now we've started a Patreon. And for what people don't know what Patreon is, it is a platform where people can go and pay a monthly donation to support my radio show. And if we hit $5,000 in donations a month, I'm going to camp out at Castle Bam until he does the Scumtown podcast, which will probably be the first or second day on there, because usually as soon as he sees me, he's ready to do something. You know what I mean? And it's just that people try to keep him away from me. I even told him, Bam, I'm fucking banned from you, dude, on Instagram and everything. And he'd be like... I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Who's doing that? Who's doing that? But then they'll go block my phone number from him. And he is so stupid. He doesn't. I'm telling you, most people think he's just ignoring you. You're stupid. How could Bam not know how to unblock somebody? Dude, I had to program remotes to his TVs. Like, that's how stupid the dude was. He told me one of the first times we hung out, he said, I ain't no whiz. That's what he said. And I thought this guy took so many failed <laughs> kickflip head trauma splashes to the ground. I guess if you never have to worry about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know. I struggle with my parents' remote, man. I do. <laughs> I mean, I well, do. he had this editing room. I told this story, and there was two TVs, and one of them wasn't on. And I'm like, dude, you got two huge flat screens. Turn it on. And he was like, I lost the remote. And I was like, you go to get another one. And he, it just was so amazing to him that somebody suggested that. He started skating again, though, yeah? Oh, he is like, never really stopped. You know, he okay. is, I've seen him skate. Not only is he a fantastic skater to this day, could probably do things that most people will never do in uh, their dude, lifetime. He used, be, he used to be one of the best. What's cool is I got tons of videos of him too doing uh, it. Dude, he used to be one of the best, like, especially like he, him for like 50, like long 50 50s and shit. Like him and Chad Muska were huge on that. And 50 50s are coming like. Now, like, well, he's a big transition skater. That's what I've learned, right? Oh, he about Bam. Best. He was one of the best mini yeah. ramp skaters. Ever. Yeah, mini ramp skaters. For yeah, sure. guys that could just go back and forth and back and forth on mini yeah, ramps yeah, and yeah. transition. But he was, like I, mean, I remember watching like Element Street Parts and shit. He had street parts. You know what's funny is that uh, there's some video out there of everybody teasing me that I couldn't skate. And I remember just grabbing one of the skater's boards, running it on the ground, jumping on it. And I rolled like 60 feet. And everybody was just so astonished <laughs> that the comedian could do that. They all tried to pay me to drop into the bowl. I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Dude, I'm like, I really, I'm going to be skating a lot this summer. That's cool, man. Yeah, We're I definitely like going to shoot some videos of that and everything. Yeah, I, def I definitely want to put that out there. Uh, one of the best skaters I ever met in my life while hanging out with Bam is this kid, Mikey Levin. Mikey Levin oh, is an yeah. amazing skater. He had a full page in Thrasher. He's yeah. a young kid, and he's one of the, not only, he's just the most fluid skateboarder I've ever met in my entire life. He's the dude... Nah, I'm not gonna. I don't know the names. I'm gonna fuck it up. But either way, yeah. Any, any of the young, any of the younger kids now, like my buddy uh, Mike back in Utah. You, he watches them. He, all got, on he got me back into skating. He's only 21. Okay. So he was, or he's like 20 or not. He's young. This kid so, Mikey's young too. Yeah. You know? So he put me on all like the new wave of skaters coming in, man. And it's like I'll tell you, I'll show you some videos of Mikey after the episode. He's unbelievable, and he has his, his best friends named Matt Clams. And Matt is like a daredevil type kid, and they do tons of comedy videos with skateboarding. They're adding dirt bikes in. They're doing all kinds of stuff. But in Bam's Castle, where his actual uh, bowl is, yeah. they have maybe, a, I would say the wall's about 30 feet that you could drop in from the roof all the nice. way down through. Yeah. And the kid, Matt Clams, one time went up and did it, and his face smacked the bottom of the fucking thing, dude. He had a concussion. Damn. Bro, these guys would get 
fucking But dude, like, I, I love that shit growing up. Like, look, dude, I got into, I used to skydive, base jump. Like, I used to do that shit. Oh, God. I got into, I climb, like, do the rock climbing shit. Like, I love doing gnarly shit. So, really? Like, I've always loved it. But I used to, we used to mimic the videos. We used to mimic our own jackass videos really? when we were growing up. Yeah. I was I was always trying to make money, man. I was always trying to make money. Dude, if we I'm, had somebody, if if we had someone filming us when we were kids, we would have been. We it would have been, been me. I would have been filming you guys. You know what I mean? Just because I would have wanted to make money off of you. Yeah. You know, and you all the stupid you shit would, you're doing. You would have been. Able I would have exploited you and your friends. But like that's what I that's what I miss, and that's what I liked about it though is like we just did shit just to make your buddy like like the amount of effort I put in or like that you would put into like. Uh, a dangerous act, you know what I mean? Like something really, like gnarly, just to like free. It would just be to nar- like make, <laughs> make your two buddies be like, "Dude, that was sick." <laughs> was That'd like, be what you like, would do. Like I would put my life on the line, do something crazy, say like, "Whoa, man, that was awesome." You're basically like, like a castle bam degenerate skater that just strayed from the pack and never made his way to the castle. I just ne- yeah, I just never. Yeah. You're just like about a hundred of the other kids that I met while hanging out with him at that place. Probably. You know, so anyways, Kevin is going to be on uh, the second episode of our Patreon. So go there, man. Throw a $5 donation up. Yeah. Support me and Kevin trying to uh, build something here with this comedy podcast thing. And once we hit $5,000, Kevin will probably come with me and we'll go tent out and fucking Fuck wait yeah. for Bam to come. Yeah. You can do a little skating. He's got a park built into his driveway, too. He's oh, got, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. skate ramps in it from the show. My I don't brother, know if you remember. My, yeah, Tyson skates too. My brother skates. Does he skate? Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. You're always, I always feel a ton safer around skaters when I have a black kid skater around me. There was this uh, pair of kids, uh, one of them, shout out to Purple Bin Laden, and uh, he's a pro skater, actually. And and his buddy, Josh, Josh was, uh, they both came to the castle party and having them in my little clique. Around the other skaters, everybody was like not really fucking with me, even even still, because they were like, you know, everybody's afraid of black people, man. You know, it's just it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're white and there's a couple black guys around, you're gonna be a little on edge. It's, it's just natural. Dude, if you're white and around and you're the only white person, it's just like you're like, damn, if something goes down, no one's got my back. Yeah. You know, man, I find it really weird how, whoa, I oh, went down shit. there on the chair, the computer chair. That's what happens when you're really fat sometimes. Chairs just get out. Just sink, yeah, it's a computer chair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might not think it'll happen, but it happens more than you think. Gravity um, just comes and reminds yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually forgot what I was going to say, too. We smoked some weed in, the, in, in this process here. Um, all right, cool. So now everybody knows about the Patreon. You guys know why I'm doing it. I want Bam to be on Scumtown. He's promised to come on, you know. And until then, we're just going to bring on guests like Kevin and other comedians and people want to hang out, and we're just going to entice them to do it. Uh, yeah. Kevin, you, we, 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 you know, spoke a lot on this Patreon episode, and people could really get to know you in your earlier life by going to listen to that, mm-hmm. and I hope they do. But we left off, man, where you saying you did eight years in the Navy, and then you traveled around a bunch – when did you settle into Utah? Utah would have been... So when I got out of the Navy, I found this program that I could use the GI Bill. And uh, to go travel the world and become uh, a mountain guide. So it was essentially on the GI Bill. I was flying all over the world. So I did like mountaineering courses in Spain, Alaska. Oh, shit. Um, and you just hiked there. Argentina. I just was hiking, climbing, learning how to be a guide, learning how to do like rescue systems and shit like that. And just doing that, traveling all the world. <laughs> awesome shit. Yeah, and then the school shut down. And then I was just hanging out in, uh, where was I at at the time? I was in New Zealand at the time. School shut down. How? Why? 
they were doing like shady stuff with the GI Bill. Nice. Which ends up coming to benefit me because now I'm back in school. You like, got credits for it now. I got 100% of my GI Bill back. So I traveled around the world for two for years free. on Uncle Sam. Yeah. School fucked up, got all my money back, and now I'm going to school and finishing a degree. Dude, you are a modern day scumbag. That I is am. awesome. No, I think of myself more Scumbag of, Kevin. I think, I think of myself more of a renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that too in the used car business. I was a renaissance man of, of putting people in, in uh, Toyota minivans that's and things true. like that. Well, that's awesome, dude. Fuck, you've already experienced more life than I have. Yeah. And it's funny because until people – like I'm one of those guys that usually just talks a bunch and I don't ask things about people. And so we've worked together for a little while and I just thought you were like this guy who was in Utah and waiting for me to hit – I'm so self-centered. I'm like, okay, Kevin's waiting for me to get my shit together so we can get going again. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're traveling the world climbing mountains no, so like this. This is all before This is all before I started comedy. Okay. Okay, and then so then me and my buddy Jesse – now, we met, school shut down, me and him both had the GI Bill. School shut down, we hung out in New Zealand for like two months and just climbed and like, we're hippies, essentially, we're just fucking hippies. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, I could see that with you, yeah, too. Yeah, and, Je- and then Jesse went back home for a little bit, and then I, I went to Thailand and hung out in Thailand by myself for a bit, <laughs> and uh, that was great. Was it? Oh, dude, yeah. I might move there. I swear to God, if this comedy thing doesn't work out, like... You're just moving to Thailand? I'm just going to move to Thailand. Give me a few years. Okay. You got, <laughs> that's how easy you are, too, at 32. You're like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll give you a few years of my life. But if not, I'm going to Thailand forever, and that's it. Dude, that's like my... That's Please like, come to Disneyland. You know? That's how I'm like, dude, don't go to Thailand. Come to Disney World. Kevin's just like, dude, okay. I'm, I'm going to be... I'd be one, I would be one and done. Like, if I made it, made one special piece. Yeah. Like, I am gone. I'm You're going, just cool with doing I'm another cool shit. I'm on the money. Like, I'm cooling on it. Like... Well, so then it doesn't even matter if you make it. We could just hustle in Disney and make a bunch of tourist yeah, money, and you're good. But yeah, if you can fly me, if you can fly me back and forth on my island, Hell yeah. in, in Thailand. Oh yeah, I just cool it over there. I mean, really though, right away as the business is growing, you'll pretty much be working three weeks just to pay your flight. I'm sure because it's a lot of money. How much are the flights from here to Thailand? They could be pretty pricey. Really expensive. Yeah, so. a few thousand bucks. That's why I just need a lump sum and then I'm headed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make like twenty G's. Save it seriously. Stock it all, you know, and then you're good. Yeah, yeah you get a five thousand dollar flight. You got fifteen grand to chill on. Let's just say there might be some other money that I have for the rest of my life from Uncle Sam too. Oh, really? Yeah, I could, I could probably move to Thailand tomorrow and be okay. Oh, really? For the rest of my life. Uh, just, just uh, from like money that the government owes you. Uh, from or a settlement med- or something. Med- medical shit that I've gotten through my service. Oh, really? Yeah, so I could go cool it and. Thailand if I wanted to. So at this point, I'm just sticking around to see if I can do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I decide to quit, I'm just going to go to Thailand. Yeah, because then if you go there, you don't want to regret it, man. You still got some young years left. You know what I mean? You could retire into... You could live from fucking... Dude, I'm telling you, give me three years in Disney World. You could live in Thailand from 35 to 50. I do comedy because it's fun. (laughs) And and I'm addicted to, like, doing new things. And I'm obsessed... What's being in new uncomfortable places and all I that just shit. like no, I have like too much confidence. Like I'm like I can do anything because I've done like the skating and then I got into skydiving and then I got into climbing and I was like oh, I'm gonna do something different. Comedy and then co- I'm comedy. Like, I'm, how did you get into comedy? I've always wanted to do it. So like when everybody Joe, always says that, but like how did you get into it? I mean, uh, I was driving. Like down, the moment that you were like, the I'm gonna I was do gonna it. Gonna do it. All right. So when I moved to Salt Lake, I knew there was a comedy club, and so the seed was planted. And then I was driving back. I was driving back from uh, the desert where I went on a climbing trip with a, a friend from L.A. And I was coming back up and I was listening to Tom Segura on, um, oh, okay. on Joe Rogan. And I was just listening to him talk. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that shit. Yeah. Like, I can definitely do it. Like if they say yeah, all you have to do is stick with it and do it. I'm then gonna, I can do it. I'm gonna, I can do it. I can try. 
So then I went to like a small coffee shop, open mic, like nobody there. Did it. People said I did good. I was terrified, but I was so scared. Like my heart was pounding out of my chest for like the first six months. But I was like, so I'm like, I have to do it until I'm not scared anymore. And maybe, and then by the t- after that six and months, sometimes you still get scared. And then, and then after, I do. I still do too. <laughs> yeah. But like after that six months, when mm-hmm. I was going so regularly, I kind of killed that stage fright. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, now I'm kind of like chilling, decent. People are like asking me to do small shows and stuff. So I'm like, I'll stick with it. The first show you do with me, you were hysterical. I loved you. Yeah, I was like right in my year mark. That was yeah. Like my one oh, year great. Mark. That's yeah. awesome. I think um, your story is super interesting. How you don't have your own podcast right now is completely out there because you could talk about so many different things, man. Yeah, but I, I hate it. Comes off like it comes off like talking like loady. I hate talking about that's fine. There are some people out there that will appreciate it, man. You know what I mean? You know, and you grow into it. When you start podcasts, it's like starting stand up. You're not so good right away. And then as you continue to grow with it, you get a little bit better and a little more comfortable with it. Well, you know I'll come what I mean? on your podcast, and then if any of your listeners yeah, say you, they want to hear more, then I'll, then I'll give them Yeah, that. cool. And if not, then I'll just keep exploiting your family to sign up for my Patreon. You there know what I mean? Perfect. You're over here exploiting Uncle Sam for years and years of traveling, and all I want is like an eight, eighth money. Hey, everybody. but I gave, <laughs> I, gave, I gave away my 20s to be in the military. Yeah, you did. You did. It was fun, though. For the country. For our country. No, I did it for myself. <laughs> no, but, you know, the country appreciated it. Believe they me, did. they did. They did. They still do, man, and that you're a veteran. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could go ahead and shut that window. Go ahead, brother. Um, and you are, man. You're a veteran of this country, so you should feel 150% like you did your time and, you know, you're, you're owed something by these people because... Everybody takes for granted our freedom. Everybody does. That's I want to give back laughter. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, I do it. I fucking love giving back laughter. A lot of the reason I got into comedy was I was just looking for, you know, I had a really successful uncle who was really wealthy and handed me a bunch of shit at a young age. Like, I'm talking under 10. Here's a brand new quad. Here's like, you know, flat screen TV, whatever, video games, you know. And then he ended up getting arrested by the FBI and went to jail uh, when I was, I had just quit high school to run his car dealership. So I had no options really except this fucking Italian dude who was selling car warranties walked into the dealership when I was 17 and I was making like a a, a black couple laugh as they were buying like a Ford Expedition from me. I'm 17 years old trying to make like a $500 commission and this guy walks in he goes, kid, you need to be in my comedy club. And he brought me to Joker's Wild and he was only there about two days. He got fired. And then I was left there with the club, you know, with whoever was new running it. And I just said to myself... Man, how does this work? And people would say, well, at a comedy show, people buy tickets, they buy food and drinks, okay? who, who You guys obviously keep the food and drink money, yeah. and Joker's Wild was never really smart with business, so they're like, you know, if you do a Thursday, uh, w- like, they asked me to do an open mic. My first time ever doing stand-up on stage, I was uh, 18 years old, just turned 18, and I went to open mic night, and there was like 200 people at Joker's Wild, because they used to bus in college buses. See, that was the first club... That I was ever almost in open mic. Because when I was stationed in Connecticut, that's when I was thinking... You were, like, going to do it? That's when I was going to do it. You and Googled was, it. And, and then, I was looking at Joker's Wild. Yeah, yeah Joker's was good at advertising to people who wanted to do it for a, a one-time thing. Yeah, and yeah. they would really... I'm telling you, man. When people say, oh, there's no way there were 200 people there on Wednesdays, they used to bring in these buses full of college kids. And they would just pour in and drink and leave and go to downtown clubs and stuff like that. And so my first time on stage, I had a ton of my friends there and I killed it. And afterwards, the guy who was running the clubs like, help me build the mic, help me build the mic. And I was like, there's no fucking money in open mic. He didn't get that I came from money. Yeah. 
and, and because I didn't expose that to this yeah. guy, the number one rule about Italians and having money is you don't fucking tell people how much money you got. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to tell this comedy Mike Ope guy fucking right. that I don't want. And then I asked him for a Thursday and they gave me my own Thursday and I would start charging like 10 bucks a ticket and I would yeah. sell like 150 tickets and make like a thousand bucks after paying comics and shit. Because yeah. I had all this pull of all my people. Yeah. And that's how I started. It was the same origins of the life that I came from, which is the same deal with you. You're driving back from a trip where you're hiking and stuff yeah, you yeah, turn yeah. on the radio and you're like this is my next step yeah so we're all dragged into it in a weird way you yeah, know that relates like, back to our old life for something yeah exactly it's just you're like you decide you want to like talk about shit yeah i guess i guess i mean i had i had always been a funny kid in class growing That's, up exactly you know what i mean and i mean funny like i remember kids following me around in the hallways like 20 kids at a time just waiting for me to rank on the next kid yeah. when i when people look at me online and they say like oh they don't like my comedy and stuff it's because a lot of the stuff on youtube has been filmed by people who were like at the show or wasn't me and i had I, for a long time i had this 10 minutes of like stuff that i would go to if i was like falling short with the crowd work yeah, yeah. and that was the same 10 minutes for like 10 years you yeah. know what i mean yeah. so you, you see me with hair doing the same jokes you see me fat and bald yeah. people are like this guy's a fucking hack <laughs> but if you see me most of the time i'm improving for like 40 minutes while i'm hosting right. and just making fun of people yeah. off the top of my head you definitely shine at hosting yeah yeah that's like that's something tyson noticed right away because he doesn't really like he's never been around the comedy at all yeah we were doing all the different mics and stuff and he was seeing hosts and he saw you, and he was like, now that's a fucking... Host. Like, that's how you host. Yeah. Like, you're just supposed to keep it going, man. Yeah, yeah. You keep the some, chains you moving. Keep good recovery. Keep there. people laughing and recovering. Yeah, like, the thing is, is that if I put, like, five comics on a show, I don't know who's going to be really good and who's not if the crowd's not too good. So it's like, everybody gets a shot, and yeah. I'm going to be the one to try to hold it together like the glue. Yeah. And that's what the Vinnie Beatles show has always been about with those showcases, is that I end up kind of... I, I it's not that I end up being the star because there there are sometimes that guys outshine and that's I want that <laughs> who yeah, the fuck yeah. doesn't want that I'm charging people you know but there'd be a lot of times where like I'd have ten comics on a show in Connecticut and then my friends after would be like and not just my friends because I promote to people and they end up becoming my friends yeah. and these people after shows paying twenty bucks would be like I would have just came and seen you for an hour yeah. and so that's where I was like man if these comics if I'm gonna start doing like these bigger things. And they don't, and that's where I thought had the theory, and I know that a lot of comics don't agree with it. That you know these comics aren't investing in themselves, so they might as well invest in my ideas. You know what I mean? And I really strongly believed in my ideas because it, it did go somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. just that I realized that there the the risk, what like how people react when it doesn't go well, is a lot stronger than they do when it goes fantastic. Yeah, yeah. dude, I put on comics. To open for comedians that they would never dream about working with. Yeah. And they never tell a soul I did that for them. Yeah. But if if I fuck up something financially, and you've been through with me already, yeah, yeah. it fucking hurts. You yeah. know what I mean? <coughs> Excuse me, coronavirus. Yeah. Everywhere. Corona everywhere. You came from China. They don't know yet. yet. You've been <laughs> in China in 06, 2006. Kevin's been in China, and now I have coronavirus. Yes. But um, long story short... Now I'm decided to just put my efforts behind this radio thing because I realize people have a value in their podcasting, yeah. and if they're willing to pay for this, it'll fund what we what my ideas are. What yeah, we really yeah. want to do, and I do believe that, um, like financially, people even do take losses. Man, like I've taken thousands of dollars worth of losses in this business, but I never. I would always look at the monetary value behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, like let's say I I lost like ten grand working with Artie Lang, right? 
I worked with Artie Lang. I might be able to get $20,000 worth of gigs just mentioning the man's name for the next 10 years. Yeah. And that's probably the truth. <laughs> because when people ask me what I've done and I say I've done like five shows with Artie Lang, they can't even believe it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. They're like, holy shit, are you serious? You're fucking 20-something years old. Yeah. I did a bit opening for Artie once we were in Seymour and it was for uh, Treehouse in Connecticut, comedy production. And they had like 300 people there, no lie. And Artie's like, yeah, it was one of the nights where I actually got to open for Artie, which I would book him on shows and sometimes the promoters around here... Wouldn't even let me on because they knew who I was. And they would still be like, no, 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 you know, fighting it to the death. And so I'd be like, whatever, man. I'm hanging out with Artie. Fuck you. I don't give a fuck. But this one night I did, and I had this perfect bit, and I said, Artie, you need to listen to this, man. I said, because I truly believe that. I know you're going through shit, but if you ever needed somebody like this bit, I know it's going to work. And I did this whole 10-minute act about how we were in the middle of the woods in Connecticut and how hard it would be for me to have to find cocaine out here yeah. for Artie Lang. You know yeah. what I mean? Like my job, and it wasn't my job. Yeah. My job wasn't that. Right. You know, he had people he, to do that. Yeah. And he, you know, but I was like, these people are really going to say, who the fuck is this kid? Right. Why is he with Artie? And I would make jokes like, uh, I would say stuff like, and I still say it sometimes, I would say, you know, I'm 28 years old hanging out with Artie Lang. So uh, if that should teach anything, watch your kids better. You know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't be with them. So I did this whole act, and these people, dude, exploded this building. Yeah. And he loved it. And he went up and did his thing, and it just made the show so great. That's awesome. There were other, a couple other comics on the show, too, and they all killed it. Awesome. And but just to connect, they knew I was Artie's friend. Yeah. I was even introduced as Artie's best friend that night. <laughs> they didn't have a credit for me. They're like, right. "This is Artie's best friend." And yeah. I'm like, "I got to choose Artie's best friend." I'm like, "Fuck this! You guys know what I'm here for." Yeah. And they love, they loved it. Yeah. So I was like, "Man, this scumbag mini thing, man. It's like people hate me, but it's really what they want to hear. <laughs> like it really is." And I, it's not, it's not that I haven't done bad things in my life because I have. But most of the comedy shit, like even even if you've lost money working with me or you've had a gig that you were promised money and it didn't come through or something, yeah, yeah. that ain't nothing compared to the bad shit I used to be in. I'm I'm, sure. I'm just really more like I'm not to me this isn't bad. To me I'm trying and failing. I'm yeah. failing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's mad at me thinking this is some big bank account that's paying out and cashing <laughs> in. And to me I'm like, dude, I just fucking failed, bro. Yeah, no, I I yeah, I'm I guess you. Right. So that's where I'm like, man, if I could cut out all the glamour and all the glitz of like how you live right now and sacrifice now, the future's there. I'll tell you right now, dude, 100% I'm in debt, $150,000 from comedy in 10 years that I still have to pay back. Yeah. 150 grand. That's a lot. That includes every dollar I've ever gotten from everybody. That's a lot. A lot of money, you know, but I believe that my, and people will say you're fucking nuts. I already know I'm worth a million, at least. Yeah. You know, because I believe that in my heart of hearts. And people will say all the time, man, he's fucking stupid, this and that. Just keep listening. Because I had a head start in this career. Yeah. All the mistakes I made from 17, 18 to now, that 10 years, people start at 32 or 30, and they have to make those fucking, I'm making the mistakes for you guys, even, you know? Yeah. So I would always say to people, like, if I'm doing a show and you don't like the way it came out, if anything, it should anger you enough to go do it the right way. And so I'm growing comedy even off people who fucking hate my guts. You know what I mean? Like people are still out there like recreating and thinking like, fuck, man, I'm going to be, you know, yeah. 10 times better than Beatle. Fuck him. I'm going to make sure the comics are paid. This, 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 this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, fuck, man. Well, you know what? There might be people that go to their show and be like, nah, man, I want to go back to Vinny's show. I like Vinny's show. You know what I mean? So 
yeah, man, that's that's pretty much the origins of uh, my story as far as, uh, you know, you've seen a little bit more behind the scenes is yeah, what yeah, was yeah. going on during that time period. It yeah, was me yeah. trying to, like, jump from celebrity to celebrity thinking they were going to get me out of a debt. Dude, it was kind of like staying at a poker table too long. Anything. I don't hold anything against you, dude. And for people that don't know, Kevin threw up a couple hundred bucks when we started Nomads, and we were starting to do yeah. a lot of shows with Nomads. And, uh, you know, once it failed... Kevin was one of them guys that I just was like, fuck, this guy's a funny-ass dude, and here he is left fucking hanging, but I got a fucking bigger fish to fry that's just for everybody, you know what I mean? So it was like one of those things that we needed to talk in person for sure, because even every time I would text you, it just came, it it doesn't come across that way. Business never comes across great through text messaging, you know what I mean? Um, And that's why hopefully uh, through this Patreon and people supporting the Patreon and people supporting the podcast and our live shows that we've been doing, that we're gonna make ten times fold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and most people listening right now are probably thinking to themselves, you know, why? Why would you fail so much and keep trying to do it? And the bottom line is, when, when I talk about that kind of debt, I also don't talk about living expenses, traveling, like as much as like the government's paid yeah. for you to do that. Comedy has paid for me to live a life. Right. You it's know like, what I mean? It's, like, it's all the same thing. Like some people can say, like, oh, like I'm throwing away money. Like I I could be sitting pretty right now if I wanted to. Yeah. Right? But, your experiences. But it's about it's about the experience. Exactly, and it's building it. your monetary value as a comic as well. Right, like I have so much now. Being like I started comedy two years after, or like four after the four years of travel. Like I'm just a more valuable person to do comedy after that. So I invested in becoming like having a lot of cool shit and perspective to stay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I get to do comedy and make people laugh and do it. Yeah. But it's not wasted money. No, and uh, and and with me, man, we are a constant running business. You know, so like there are times you'll go to my shows and you'll see like fucking it's misery and nobody's paying. You're like, how's their money here? Yeah. But we take on sponsors. People love that I don't quit. That first night that you came, I think I gave all the comics like $20 or something. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was because a sponsor dropped $250 in our tip bucket. And oh, a bunch man. of free, yeah, and a bunch of free CBD oh, products. That's, that's Shout out cool. to Sweet Heel CBD. You guys go to sweetheel.com and get 20% off by using the code BEETLE. Anything on the website that you guys buy, I get paid for. This guy is amazing. And he's my old science teacher. This That's guy great. was my science teacher, okay, and he ended up leaving the, the field of teaching and starting a business behind uh, legal CBD marijuana extraction. Nice. And now he owns this company, Sweetie. He literally, me and his relationship, the scumbag Vinny selling his legal weed products is the Breaking Bad. It is the, your science teacher makes yeah. a great product and you're out there pushing real it. Weed, <laughs> he, well, mean. they do have real weed, but it's they have to uh, you know extract the, uh, the right. CBD out of it and then the rest becomes Keep, garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're regulated to just do that yeah. in the state of Connecticut yeah. uh, and Massachusetts, I believe. So go to that website. And also, Tiger Life Energy Drink. Tiger Life is run by a, a real-life scumbag, this guy Vinny. And he hates me and I hate his guts because he came all the way to our show a few weeks ago and he gave me a bunch of t-shirts and energy drinks to promote his product, but they don't want to pay, you know? What was that guy? Was that that dude? He didn't, he refused to come in the place. Oh, okay. And so I ended up messaging him and I said, look, man, donate to this fundraiser I'm doing for this little girl. Shows me some good faith that you guys want to do business. Wouldn't do that either. And then I said, man, fuck this guy. I'll find another energy drink company that will want to pay. But guess what? There ain't many knocking at our door. (laughs) We're going to stick with Tiger Life for now. And I told the guy straight up, I will get people to taste your product because you're a genuine scumbag. This guy is the older scumbag Vinny. He runs a shitty energy drink company. It's called Tiger Life. And I will promote him for that reason. Yeah. 
It would be, it would be against my morals to not promote a guy because he was a scumbag that didn't want to give to children. I almost think we should buy more Tiger because Life energy because he's a scumbag. We should get like cigarette. You need like a cigarette company sponsor. We're gonna get everything. Uh, tobacco, chewing tobacco. We're yes. Target the military. They love chew. Yeah. In the military. But I want him to make my own drink. I want it to be CBD infused okay. energy, and I want it to be called Beetlejuice. I like it. Beetlejuice. Yeah, man. I love that show. Or that, that movie. <laughs> There's a show, too. Yeah, there is. Soon, right? Yeah. No, it's just dope. So, anyways, um, you're loving comedy. You're a year and a half in. Yeah. Have you ever heard the Come Town podcast? I've heard, uh, heard of it. You've heard of I've it? I've never listened From to it. From friends or? Yeah, my buddy uh, fucking Gray back in Utah. He listens to he it? He listens to it. He really? It. Yeah, yeah. You got to tell him, man. You're on Scumtown. What's that? Scumtown. Oh, he goes, it. what's that? That's the podcast oh, you're on Scum right now. Town. No, what's the, what's the other, what's the other Come one? Town. Oh, Come Town. So I was on Come Town. Right, right. And so that's where I was named Scumbag Vinny. That's it. And sorry, so I, sorry. I, I stole the name. Gotcha. Or Scum Town. See how that, see how effective it is too? Yeah. Like, I thought you said Come Town. Yeah. So he listens to Come Town. He li- of course, everybody listens to Scum Town. I mean, Come Town, excuse me. No one listens to Scum Town. Only about 4,000 people. <laughs> There's probably love- a quarter million people a week who listen to Come Town. But we love everybody li- that listens to Scum Town. <laughs> yeah, every, all 4,000 of you guys, it could be the same guy all day in his house. And I love you because I get paid regardless from the advertising. But um, yeah, no, so yeah, you got to tell him because at the end of the day, he's probably going to say, you're a faggot for being with Scumbag Vinny. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's okay. That's okay, because I support you, Vinny. That's cool. I thought you were going to say I support being a faggot. I was going to (laughs) say that's pretty cool, man. That's cool. We talked a little earlier about, um, before we turned on this podcast, Kevin was on an episode of Kill Tony. So you guys want to hear Kevin do some stand-up, you can YouTube Kill Tony in Salt Lake City. He is the last act of the night. Fast forward all the way through that bullshit to the last dude with long hair. And that's my boy, Kevin Doty. check out Brian Higgins right before me as well. As I just... Fucking got more coronavirus. I was about to die from laughing. Yes, of course. Brian Higgins, also a Connecticut, Utah comedian. You got Brian Higgins, Kevin Doty, and Rodney Norman. You guys need to do a weekend where you do some shows there and then come back here. It's only fitting that you guys do that together. You know what I mean? Like the little... uh... Like three musketeers of comedy. Maybe, of, of, uh, of Mormon jokes. Mormon jokes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, Rodney really is Mormon, man. That guy is, is. straight to the fucking tooth Mormon. Uh, but he's a great dude. They he, don't really care about what anybody else does. No, he actually loves me uh, for, the, for the fact that anything stupid that I get involved in, he actually wants a front row ticket. He'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. When we went to Tennessee for 10 days to try to sell tickets on the street, yeah. he fucking funded himself to be there to film me. Yeah. Uh, with Bam shit, he was at the castle with me, paying for shit left and right just to be there. He really wanted to see the crash and burn of Vinny Beetle, you know? But he's a good dude, man. He's helped me out so much. He gives me a PA system anytime I need to use it for a show. I like him. Dude, I I love the guy. He is... Uh, he's a godsend for someone like me who actually grew up without a father figure to have somebody to lean on sometimes in this business when shit's going real bad. And I, I, I always say if I make it, he's going right with me because he's done that much for me. You know what I mean? And that's why like when Bam was around, or I would always call him be like, Rodney, you know, let's do this, let's do this. Yeah. I'm real loyal, man, when you, when you do see that because there aren't not many that are loyal to me. You know, yeah, yeah. you would think all these problems you hear about me and all the shit you I hear about me. I think people think that you're like not loyal. It's just that you're super loyal 
and you fuck up a lot. Yeah. You're not you're not purposely fucking anybody. No, 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 no. You're you're absolutely right about that. And what people don't do is what happens is, man, is people see a little water coming on the ship and they get scared and they jump off. And they don't realize that I've been sailing so fucking long, I know how to patch a few holes up and keep going. So by the time those people jump, go to sea and tell people I'm the worst pirate they ever met, what ends up fucking happening is I find new fucking pirates to join the crew. And we get scurvier and we get more disgusting and more scumbaggy every single time. And we go back out there and we keep fucking killing it. You know what I mean? And that's what pirates fucking do. It's those people who jump ship a little early that they really talk bad about me for, at the initial issue. And then once the issue, like, you know, everybody gets over shit. Yeah. Once my success starts to pop up a little bit is when those stories start to come back around. So you only hear bad shit about me usually if I'm doing well. I've been doing pretty bad lately and you don't hear nothing bad about me. It's fucking weird. It's only when I start doing good shit that people want to do that. Um, and you're right. The other thing is I just try so much. There was a point where I was producing five shows a week booking five to ten comics on each show. So my interaction ratio with local comics was 20 times that of a regular open mic comic who would see six, seven guys a night and and gossip. You know what I mean? I was constantly booking people, messaging people, because I looked at it as a business. You know, I was like... I didn't care about comedy for a few years. Yeah. I wouldn't even watch stand-up. I just wanted to make money. Yeah. So if you were bringing three people and he was bringing five people, it didn't fucking matter to me. Mm-hmm. I thought I was the best comic on stage. Nobody was trying to grow or progress any fucking thing I was doing. Yeah. So I was trying to like suck all the juice out of that lemon that I could. Yeah, and then yeah. I started meeting like good dudes like you. And I was like, man, I swear to God, I was like... You know, nomads can be uh, something where, you know, these guys are coming and going constantly, but we have like a strong core of people. And that's still what it is. You'll see, you'll just see the core now at the shows. And the main reason is once I started working with Bam and me and Bam, once he started canceling shows, I had a talk with him and I was like, dude, I've done some pretty fucking sketchy shit in the local comedy scene. So once you cancel, what do you think people are going to think? That it was you or me? Yeah. And he's like, you got to lean into it, dude. And it'll make you more famous. Yeah. So I took that advice from him. Yeah. And that's where, you know. Well, that's why I don't care. Like, I don't but it was probably hard for people who had like invested in me in business and then seeing like, oh my God, he's bragging about fucking scamming people and shit. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? I think my sister like looked you up on like Reddit and shit, like Reddit for Get the fuck like, out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did she even think to do that? I don't know, because she's fucking 22 years old, or 24 years old. You're like, let me look him up on Reddit. I'm so famous on Reddit. Because she came to this show at uh, the Lotus with my mom when they sat in the front. Bro. That I, oh, that's when she did it? She did it probably that night. She went back. What did she say? She, oh, my know, God. Just, just, no, just like, I don't think she said anything. She was just like, he's a scumbag, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I would imagine <laughs> At least we're on brand, you know? <laughs> dude, dude, listen. Oh, my fucking God. First of all, the, the shit that you can find on Reddit, my friend Justin, uh, great kid, was in the Navy, lost his leg recently in a, in a bike accident, and he has a lot of time at home. And when the Come Town episodes came out, he started writing these fake articles on prankme.com. Basically, it comes from, like, Channel News 45. Yeah, and the yeah. first one was, like, Vinny scams local restaurants, you know? 
And then fans seen the website and Come Town fans made them that I was murdering people, that I murdered the get the, <laughs> the, the host to Come Town, that I was killed, overdosed, that I've kidnapped children, that I fucked children. Dude, dude, your sister, what she looked up, she probably never wants you to be in the same room with me ever again. No, she was gonna come. She was gonna come to the, the second show. At the place over in Hampton. And then she said no. Me and Tyson were like, nah. <laughs> like, you, you don't need to come to that one. Because that, that was rough the first time and then the next time. We'll get her have a good show to come yeah, to. Yeah, I'll, I'll get her. I'll, I'll let her. I Holy shit. I don't like to test my like, friends. How does somebody look me up on Reddit? Do you know that um, know, there's 43,000 people in the Cumtown Reddit? And at one point, the number one thing you could Google when you typed in Vinnie Beetle was faggot. It was the number one thing that would come up. They all banned together and made it the most popular search for a while. I'm not kidding, man. I could look this shit up with you sitting here. Vinnie Beetle faggot. That's why I'm like, dude, dude I couldn't. Look, look, look. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's so funny. I do know it's funny. It is funny. All that's right, hilarious. so Vinny Beetle Faggot, let's search it <laughs> and see what comes up. I was also voted the worst guest ever for overtalking Bam. It was just <laughs> bad, bro. You know what I mean? It was just fucking bad. And to hear your sister must listen to a podcast, dude, that's related to Reddit somehow. Everybody, I mean, it's such yeah, an. Do, do, do you know it's you, like the did black you shout market? Out any accolades or anything like that? Like on stage? Yeah, like because she was just like she. Maybe did, I said I'm pretty famous on Reddit. And she probably searched like, on Reddit. Yeah, dude, holy shit! <laughs> you gotta find out because if not, I'm kind of bugged out. It's okay. like this super underground black market online community. Yeah, yeah. So your sister being on it, I, I just always assumed there were but women on it. Maybe you're easy to find. Maybe easy to find. Well, they closed the Patreon off at 43,000 people because once my episode came out, so many people wanted to talk shit about me. Their Reddit jumped we from 20... You can text her right now. Yeah, you out. should text her right now and find out. You really I should. I have her car, so she's probably like, where the fuck Where the fuck is he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... <laughs> Vinny Beetle Faggot. <laughs> Look at this. This one, this is the Reddit that's called Gay Sex. And on February 22nd, 2020, somebody put, I declared jihad against Vinny Beetle. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Let's just see what happens when you type in my name. Come town, the worst guest. That was the first episode I was on, and then I came back for my redemption arc, which is where Scumbag Vinny was created. Nick just said Vinny the scumbag, and it just stuck. And that was last year. Uh, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. yeah. She said on Reddit. Look at this: New York comedian murdered by rival. This is an article about me killing uh, Adam Friedland, the host of Come Town. Look, see, you got pranked. You've got owned. This is a whole news article about how I killed him and fucked his fiance, <laughs> Dasha. He broke up with her now, supposedly, and I was the first person to ever ask him about it. I was like, hey, how's Dasha? And the audience loses it for some reason. By the way, to Come Town fans, I would like to say, fuck Stavros. This guy was super cool to me, this fat fucking toothless dude who's on the show. And he just mentioned me in their episode last night. And the episode basically was like, um, they were talking about me with Disney World or some shit, and Stavros is just like, 
I don't know, man, but just was like, you made some stupid joke as if, like, I get no money or some shit. And I was just like, dude, don't be a fucking faggot, you know? So fuck Stavros. And you know what? I hope he fucking hears this, too. I hope someone tell. He doesn't even have to hear it. One of the fans will tell him. They'll say, Beatles said, fuck you. It was at 42 minutes in to Scumtown, <laughs> episode 11. That's how they get down, really. But it says right here, in the course of their interrogation, suspect Vinnie Beetle confessed to the murder of Miss Friedland. Uh, NYP detective Anthony Gabagool told reporters, <laughs> intentionally misgendering Friedland, Mr. Beetle revealed to our officers that he murdered Miss Friedland because he was, quote, a fake-ass little bitch who couldn't talk shit to my face, yo. Damn. So that's what they said I said. That sounds like something. And they said, Stavro said, I just can't believe that he's gone. Ha- Wait, Beetle fucked Dasha. Ha ha ha. Nice dude. Damn. That does sound, I feel like they quoted you from something. Huh? Yeah, I don't that know, sounds man. exactly right. Did you murder him? I didn't kill him. He's alive. Uh, Adam was actually really nice to me when we met. I believe you. Uh, I don't know. But anyways, that's it pretty much. It's fuck Stavros. And that might be the name of the episode. Yeah, it really might. I'm serious. Just because, I'll be honest with you, man, he was my favorite one. You know, I ragged him when we were in person because every I say that every time he laughs, his asshole opens and he just farts because he's such a fat pig. But I'm <laughs> fat as fuck too, you know. Is this and the I, dude from that podcast? Yeah, yeah. I think he's just a little. See, I'm not, you can see how naive I am. I just like don't pay attention. You to just anything. don't even know who the fuck he is. No, he's a funny ass dude, man. I just think you know right now it's just fuck him. It's just how I'm feeling. You dude, know what I mean? You know, sometimes when you feel that way, you gotta just be like fuck you. Bro. Yeah, yeah. You honestly, honestly, Stavros. Fuck you, you know. Even if he's a good guy. Yeah, just like uh, right, right now. now. It's just right now. It's yeah. just how I feel right now. Hopefully, I'll get over it. Right now, this is how I feel about Stavros. I feel like I fucking can't stand the kid. And uh, you know, they were all like, I don't know, talking shit really. And the Come Town boys are just scared. If I come back on, I'm gonna steal all their bitches and all their money. Do they have bitches and money? They have a lot of money, man. They make like 50 G's a month for Patreon, and right now I'm at zero dollars a month. So if people God, could start yeah, signing man. up for that, that'd be fucking awesome. You're not booming on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> we just, actually, just it just started yesterday. Oh, it just started yesterday. Literally yesterday is when we first launched it, and Ian was the first episode, and you're too. Oh, so this is exciting. Yeah, it is. So guys, go go support Patreon. Go support all our sponsors. Thank you for donating. We have listeners now in over 38 countries. When I say over, it's because I haven't checked today. I think I saw Dominican Republic on there. It might be 39. Um, we have over 4,000 downloads now with the podcast. You guys are awesome. What an awesome audience. Kevin, thank you for joining me, man. It was great being here. It was all, you going to come back? I'm going to come back. We can talk more about how uh, I'm patient zero for the coronavirus. Yeah. Why we're Ke- all fucked. Kevin, uh, you guys go listen to Patreon. We're going to talk all about how he literally brought coronavirus here 15 years ago is pretty much when it happened. So that's the origin story of the coronavirus. Uh, and so the episode will be called Fuck Stavros. I hope Kevin Doty gives him coronavirus. There it is. And hopefully that is uh, it for now. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Peace out. <laughs>